Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 236th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. For more on those guys and girls later, I'm extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, my podcast writer, Di. She's suffering a little headache at the moment, so listeners, go easy. The energy is high and the jokes have been flying, though. You find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. What's going on, Miss Ellie Hart? I probably should talk a little bit quieter because uh, I was yes. a bit loud then, so sorry. The little soft noises, no bright lights, all the wonderful things that seem to be triggering my ears <laughs> lately. Ah. Uh... The joys of being old. I feel like every episode I complain about something. It's about getting old and being broken and sore and everything. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I I have these constant moments of realization as well that uh, yeah, mid thirties is is approaching and it's scary and you know the, the 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 random pains in the body that you've never experienced before or the random like gray hairs or just the random hairs that just pop up in parts of your body where you've never had hairs before you're like man <laughs> i am getting old when this is starting to go down so uh yeah yeah it's, uh... it's hard for me to keep track though sometimes cuz luckily for me i'm probably actually the fittest i've ever been right now so uh, when I'm sore, it's usually for a good reason, Yeah, just due to heavy lifting. But, I mean, no one wants a sore back. No. And I feel no. like that's my life 24-7. No, and we've only got one back. You know, you got to look after your back. You, you, you ruin your back. You're in, in a world of hurt for many years until we get crazy uh, synthetics and, and stuff like that. Oh, you can get, you know... Turn your, into androids. Yeah, you can get your knee recos and your elbows and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think they've uh, they've successfully made a replacement back yet. Like discs and things, yeah, but like a whole mm. like metallic spine. Can you imagine stuff like that? Like uh, I've seen it in many movies, but uh, yeah, nothing nothing realized in modern day science that I'm aware of. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah. But we're here, 236th episode of the Hungry Games podcast, which is, uh, you know, crazy, crawling our way to 250 by God, that's a big number. But uh, Miss Hart, what have you been doing? I see you've actually been playing some games this week. I know you were off the grid last week. Uh, put the control yeah. on the keyboard down for a while and now uh, you're back. I just realized this is like the worst like transition because... So I, I finally played Doom, right? The first Doom all those years ago when it was released. An epic soundtrack, great graphics. It was a great homage to like OG and just seeing like it um reimagined into the new age it was just it looked fantastic and as someone who used to play doom on pc way back when as a kid i was like i really need to play it so um i finally did and it's so great it is such an awesome game like i love how fast paced it is mm -hmm. i love the gore i love the violence i just love how no bs it is the only problem is it is so smooth and it is so fast. I get motion. 
Ah, bless. I got like dizzy <laughs> um, playing Doom, so I actually had to kind of <laughs> take a step back, drink some water, <laughs> cool down. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sounding horrible. You might be as fit as you've ever been, but uh, it feels like the uh, the old grey matter is as old as it's ever been or oh, something. <laughs> the brain muscle ain't working anymore. Lift heavy things, but by golly, Just, that's all I'm going to be yeah, able to do. But if you're throwing something on my screen, make sure it's kind of slow. <laughs> yeah, slow it down. Yep. Light colours, please. Easygoing, relaxing music. Throw a little lo-fi on there. But yeah. no, the music is really cool. It's so, so good. Mick, Mick the Taylor. The metalhead in me can't just, deny that. Just, 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 just shredding the entire time. And I'm excited for you to play Doom Eternal whenever you get around to that. Uh, yes. Because it's even faster. I play Doom. It's faster oh. because there's like a like a grapple claw that you can sort of traverse and swing around with. And um, oh, I think I've seen people play that. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. it's fast. Uh, so hopefully by then you've you've trained your body to get used to the doom speed, and you no longer get a bit of motion sickness because they're such so good bad. games. They're so gotta, good. <laughs> I have to figure this out because I remember way back. When playing Squadrons, I had to confess that I loved playing it, but I was getting motion sickness there. And um, like a lot of people on um, Twitter actually got back to me kind of like going through like what could be causing it, ways to kind of fix it. And a lot of it, um, a lot of people mention is like your field of view, sometimes just changing like the the, the depth. Yeah, yeah. So Which I'll really probably helps. have to see. I'll have to see with Doom because I did. I really enjoyed it. It's really freaking awesome. It is everything that Outriders isn't to me at the moment. Um, oh so fast-paced, great action, just gory, full frontal. Um, I love the chainsaw. Oh yeah. I have to say though, I'm a. I um first first map. I found all the collectibles in Doom, mm -hmm. and then I was like, oh no, there's collectibles. <laughs> so now I'm not going to just run through a map now i'm gonna have to find all the collectibles and there's a lot of play. them there's a lot of them yeah. like you'll be going off the beaten track trying to oh. trying to fill those lists up so uh your playtime could be could be Doubled. very very high <laughs> compared to just a normal normal run that just grabs what they see on the way through so yeah. but it's so good so good the yeah. doom slayer is just a legend and and mick gordon not mick taylor i don't know why i said mick taylor i think mick taylor is um the killer from Wolf Creek, right? That's his name, Mick Taylor. I, seen I think. Wolf Creek. So, uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, not Jeff Jarrett, the wrestler. Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett was Jeff Jarrett the wrestler who used to do ads on the TV. Jeff Jarrett, the the chef. Oh no, you're th no. I'm thinking Tim Shaw from Demtel. <laughs> we have <laughs> down a very bizarre tangented rabbit hole right now. Um, <laughs> Someone, someone, Jarrett played Mick Taylor, who was the killer from Wolf Creek. But Mick Gordon is the composer for Doom and Doom Eternal. Uh, and we're and, back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. And um, the Ancient Gods, like the second part of that uh, two-part DLC, dropped last month. So there's yes. there's a good amount of DLC there available. Um, that sort of is is there for whenever you get around to playing Doom Eternal and uh, That's, yeah, living more of that uh, Doom Slayer life. Once again, I'm going to, like, put it out there to the universe and just ask people, like, has anyone experienced motion sickness with Doom? Because I really do want to play it. I'm really enjoying it. If, like, if you have any tips, tricks, or maybe something that can, like, fix it or help me out, I'm all ears. So let me know. I have not. I've played it, but I have not experienced it. But 
yeah maybe maybe just changing the yeah the depth the, the field of view uh like the yeah the overall game depth could could hopefully lessen that and especially even hopefully. like uh t- changing like like adjusting the smoothing levels could change um as well make a little Plus- bit more rigid but i don't know hopefully hopefully you can work through it because they're so good they're such good they're games so good. like i had no doubt but yeah it's just good to finally get to play it yeah yeah what are you only what five years late i think it was 20 2016 i think was doom <laughs> and then late. 2020 was um yeah doom eternal so uh you're yeah. there always late but worth the wait that's okay you're never late like actually that. that's a lie you're on time to a fault like to a t you are <laughs> to so a punctual fault. to a fault bad bad word choice <laughs> Bad I word choice. It. No, you're the most you're the most punctual person I think I know, and that's it's a positive trait. Like, um, yeah, when a lot of the people in our circle uh, are very very fast and loose with uh, scheduling and um, time commitments, you are you are the the beacon of hope amongst us all. Yeah, but some people hate that stuff because if you tell me like nine, I'm there five minutes before nine, yeah. and Lord knows that if you're not there by nine, you're like. <clears throat> It's 9.01. Bitch, I thought we said nine. <laughs> yeah. No, which is fair. Yeah. Which is fair. And um, yeah. you've also been playing uh, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. So a game that's pretty like, like, I feel like American kids growing up, they talk about it a lot. Like it's like some kind of um, educational game that kids in American schools play. I'd, I never played it. Had you played it before? I've never heard of it until just now. Yeah. So it's like. I've seen it referenced in pop culture a lot. Um, it was a very old game. Um, I believe it was a text-based game, but the um, a company, um, Gameloft, has like brought it now to the Apple Arcade, and the graphics are done. They actually had a disclaimer at the start where they also mentioned that in the original game, um, Native Americans weren't really represented it in a positive light, so they themselves actually exclusively went out there um and made an effort to have um native americans represented in a positive way in this game um and i've never played it my husband was very familiar with it um so it was very fun having him getting to play this new experience while teaching me and taking me through it for the first time and it's a fun game like you're just like you're a bunch of people that are traveling to oregon um, but it's, I don't know what the time period is. The game itself came out in 1971 originally. And as far as the time period, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's like the, like the, the 1800s maybe. It's, it's essentially when they've been like colonizing America. Yeah. Um, but you and like, so you have like four people, four characters, which you select and then you're taking them across. Um, and the game is kind of like split up for you reaching certain points. Um, and like certain things happen, certain people in your party have certain traits and they're just like all these little instances happen. And it's it's a lot of fun. Like I can see, like I actually really enjoyed the experience of me and my husband working together and playing it together and making decisions together and stuff. And um, I believe this game might be playable elsewhere. But like I said, we played it on Apple Arcade. So if people want to look into it, um, I 
think you're just gonna have to search the Oregon Trail, and unfortunately, there's a million and one games. It was that on. Have been, like, it even got released on the Wii, apparently. Oh, did it really? Yeah, the oh, Wii. This version. Nintendo DS on PC. Yeah, Apple. So it's, it's kicking around. Yeah, so like I think the game's done a lot. Like it's been redone by certain companies. So the one that I've been playing is the Game Loft version. So check it out. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just like one of those little games that you can throw away and play. Um, I guess you can play it alone, or like I said, like play it with someone else and make decisions together. It's kind of fun. It's kind of kind of sad with some of the things that you kind of go through, yeah. but at the same time, like it's kind of cool that um. These this dude and his two uh two teacher friends made this game in the seventies to teach their eighth grade school kids, uh, which is kind of yes. cool that they yeah, they thought about making a video game to to teach them yeah about yeah nineteenth century pioneer life so yeah it was uh eighteen forty eight apparently is the the year this game is based around and yeah. um yeah it looks interesting it's cool yeah. we're gonna have to give it a, give it a spin. It's a lot of fun. Chances are you've probably seen references of, um, I think it's like you died of dysentery, mm-hmm. um, which is usually the most common reference. So this is apparently where that comes from. Okay. So, yeah, no one wants dysentery, that's for sure. No. So I'll add, add that to my list. Um, two games, oh, outside of like a bit of bit of Apex here and there, uh, I, I tried to get into the uh, REverse uh, sort of open beta Yes, how'd you go? I had I downloaded the game, I loaded it up, oh. but the servers were absolutely dog's breakfast. Uh, matchmaking yeah. issues are plenty, so um, I think I, I was a few hours late. I think they managed to sort of get some games going on that first day, but a few hours into that, uh, Capcom came in and said, we're suspending this beta until further notice, servers are shut down, matchmaking is over, sorry. <laughs> We might come back to you with another crack at this this uh, multiplayer game uh, that's obviously going to be a pack in with with Resident Evil Village, but it feel it felt and sounds to me like this game is so undercooked. Uh, so maybe mm. disconnect it from being a day one inclusion with Village and maybe release it in six months, whether it be standalone or you just release it as a free download uh, off the back of a purchase of Resident Evil Village later this year. Get this game where it needs to be because graphically we've made fun of it quite a bit um, through some of the trailers. And then the fact that they can't even have a beta when the game is out in literally like a month's time, they can't even navigate a beta with with server and matchmaking problems. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a good release of this game and it could die quickly like i know it's packing uh and that doesn't shouldn't lessen the quality of what this game could be but yeah for a resident evil truther like myself it left me feeling a little little disappointed um that's a shame yeah especially considering like i don't know like it's it's always hard to kind of like make a comment about especially when it comes to servers and service struggles like you kind of think if you were setting up like a beta and a test you have some kind of understanding of what to anticipate so especially in this day and age yeah but yeah when, when you mm. see a lot of these multiplayer stress tests for games from all all tiers of publisher and developer going pretty well someone like a capcom you think with the money and the technical expertise behind them you think they'd be able to to execute this accordingly but sadly that didn't happen and uh yeah didn't get my reverse fix but i uh 
did get a lot of Outriders fix again this week. So Benny and I rolled credits on the main oh. the main story. So I finished the main campaign, got our closure. I still stand by that it's Gears of War meets Diablo meets Starship Troopers. That's that's how I'm describing okay. this game. Uh, anyone that says it's like Destiny, you're on crack. It's uh, outside of some abilities and some gunplay. It's nothing like Destiny. Uh, Division, I can see some comps there, but yeah, it's it's Gears meets Diablo meets Starship Troopers for me. That's that's what I classify this game as. And mm-hmm. I know I sort of made fun last week about sort of the lack of a story or I didn't really find myself caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final act, I, I started to care a little bit. There was a narrative oh. that started to hook me and there were some cool things going on and they went down like a big, like they heavily doubled down on like the science fiction uh, elements of the narrative and stuff and it started making me care and have a little bit of interest as far as what's going to play out and there were some cool boss battles and some cool sort of reveals and stuff like that that really made me go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, finish the game and then you've got end game content. So after the story wraps, uh, there's additional missions and, and um, hunts and, and little little quests to go out and find these resources to try and bring this planet Enoch, I guess, back to back to normal in air quotes and make it more uh, habitable for the, the humans that... Uh, co-populate this place with you and after you do i think there's 15 or 16 of these sort of like pod based uh search missions there is then another another like end boss that you can fight haven't gotten there yet i've only benny and i've only done i think three of the 15 pods but they're time-based too so depending on how fast you can get through it you get more rewards so if you finish it in under 15 minutes it's like gold tier and you get um this certain currency that you can buy the the high-end end game armor sets and guns with yeah. but the the amount of amount of this currency you need to buy a piece is ridiculous like we we weren't able to finish them i think the best we did was like 15 minutes 30 so we missed out on like the the tier one amount of offering got the tier two and it was like you got like 40 of this currency and some of these items like for the the high-end stuff was like you need two thousand of these so it's like <laughs> get fucked Get fucked, people can fly. That money ratio does not make any sense to me as far as having to do this thing like a hundred times or whatever to get enough gear. Like that's that's rough. That's rough. Like I don't mind a bit of grinding to get gear, but that seems a bit bananas to me. So uh, yeah, but it's fun. We're going back, like we've been going back and clearing out like there's like animal hunts where you you got to go kill like a certain animal boss or there's bounty hunts where you got to hunt and track down a a bad guy and kill him and, and then you get um, high-end gear for trading all those in. So we've just gone back and started to clean up a lot of just the random side quests and things as well now, but it's really cool. It's 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 fun. It's fun. Like, it's not a perfect game, but I'm enjoying playing with people and now that we've sort of maxed level, you can sort of build your character how you want it to be. So I've just turned my guy into just this bullet sponge tank. So, like... He never never gets knocked down, can just absorb so much punishment. So when it does get hairy, when there's like 50 enemies on a screen at you at once, I'm just you know, sponging all this damage and staying up while Benny can do damage or if I've got to pick him up because he's been knocked down, we can sort of just keep pushing. So it's, it's cool. It's fun. Okay. I have to ask because now that you guys have rolled credits, do you feel like you've gotten value for money? 
Oh yeah. How much they charged you for this game? You have. You yeah, like it? like well, because we got Game Pass boys for us, so true so like but like say say if if i'm looking at it retroactively and i bought this game for 90 bucks or whatever i'd feel i got a good experience like i think the campaign i think the campaign it would have been i reckon it would have been close to 30 hours when it was all said and done it felt like Mm. like my my time clock could be a little off but Let's say 25 to 30 hours to roll credits and then you've got this end game content. So for for 90, 100 bucks, I wouldn't be upset about that. But like, okay. you know, the, the game, it's it's not a, a 10 out of 10, a 9 out of 10. Like it's a good game. It gets a pass score and I enjoy playing it. But the fact that it's in game pass is where I think it really, really doubles down on the value where you can get a good portion of hours out of it, good fun, some memorable moments, some really, really cheesy lines. Like they really lean into some of the the science fiction, like 90s machismo with some of the things that get said. And oh, right. I'm all for it. I like, like a part of me wishes I got into this game, but at the same time, like I know why I don't like it. And I just, I feel like any time I would play this, I'd be forcing myself to play it. Mm. So I reckon might as well like get it. motion sickness in Doom. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, I reckon you'd like it though. Like the cover I thing, I, I do not go in cover at all. Like in this game now, like for the last half but of the game, I was just running around shooting. The game, like it, the game, it's not just the cover. It was like the clunky, like heavy feel of like playing as the character and I don't know, like, it just felt like hordes and hordes of enemies. Like, that was the way the game played, like... Can confirm. That's pretty much how this game is. You go into a zone, they'll throw a big wave of enemies, you'll kill that wave, they might throw another one with a boss, you kill them, then you go to the next one. I think that's where I also see the contrast, whereas Doom is very much like that. You enter a zone and you just get hit with bad guys and waves of bad guys, but at least in Doom, like, you're just like like running through there and you you're punching them you're chainsawing like chainsawing them <laughs> chainsawing uh, chainsawing um but you know it's just it's fast it's instant and it's just like right in there as opposed to outriders for me personally which just felt very slow and very drawn out and clunky which just doesn't meet <clears throat> me yeah some standard. some parts definitely hit you hit the nail on the head there like some some bosses or, or higher leveled enemies are a bit slow to wear down because of that you know the division sponginess that you oh, that yeah. you deal with, but like it is pretty pretty uh, like it feels really nice when you know Benny would pop like a slow on everything and then I'd just like fly up into the sky and then slam down and do the, the big ground smash and then like all these other um, abilities are popping off and then he's got like a crazy bullet ability going on and then I'm using like a, a burn ability on the gun and when you're seeing all this stuff like synergize at once it's beautiful mm-hmm. but yeah some of the some of the boss fights we had where you, you'd burn all the all the trash mobs and then the boss dudes just left and you're shooting him for like five minutes straight to try and get his health down like it's dependent on the world tier levels obviously you can scale that to give you more or less of a challenge but Mm -hmm. yeah there was a few times there where like 
he's doing next to no damage to us and we're just sitting there shooting these guys like come on man fucking just die already you know i'm out of bullets i'm gonna go get some more bullets run over there da, da, da. so that was where it got a bit like hmm but overall it's fun it's fine it's i enjoy fine. it the hungry game is metric of it's fine yeah yeah so it, it certainly gets the fine rubber stamp stamp I'm, of approval i'm just waiting like resident evil village comes out next month so I'm, I'm just waiting for that so this has just been a good good sort of time kill and when you get these high-end uh like end game items that just look like they're ripped straight from hellraiser like they're all demonic weapons and mm. you know the armor sets that you get in the end game it just looks so cool you feel like a gangster running around and then trying to synergize certain abilities with what you're doing like i like that there's some depth to how you do things as far as using gunplay or melee abilities or or your physical abilities as well. So it's it's good. Yeah. It's good if if you got Game Pass, definitely look at it. Like because you it's not costing anything extra and Just have time. some real fun. Just time because yeah, the the, the story mode was surprisingly long. I thought it was going to finish halfway back than it did, but like. Yeah. You still said it was totally took you twenty minutes, twenty twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. It's not long. It's it's. Well, I thought it was like for what for what the game is like in essence. Like I think that's long. For a like, game that doesn't have any um, additional like multiplayer content, no other kind of. I guess you have side quests. That your timeline um, for story like campaign is not inclusive of side quests, right? Oh, uh, we did we did some of them, not all of them. But yeah, so so you got like. And then the end game stuff, you probably got a 60 hour game, maybe, maybe more mm. with the, with the, that end game stuff. So you, you got a, got a good amount of meat on the bone. Okay. Yeah. Just, a, it's very grindy, especially the back end stuff. It's very, very grindy. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's okay. It's, it's fine for now. It does it's the job. Fine. It does the job. Speaking of doing the job, um, if you want to support us to keep us in this uh, this job we call uh, podcasting, send a send some support our way over at kofi.com forward slash we are eight bit. If you want to support us monetarily for the low low price of five dollars Australian a month, you can get early access to a heap of podcasts. You can also get exclusive access to is this thing on our Kofi exclusive podcast, as well as automatic entry into any competitions and giveaways we run through the eight bit hub. Uh, if you wanted to do standalone purchases and get yourself some exclusive swag, obviously the 8-bit coins or the 8-bit founders coins, as we call them, are out and about and uh, well uh, invested and uh, part of the, the wild now. They're uh, you know popping into people's wallets and uh, people's collections. They're an exclusive one-off run, so get in while you can because once they're sold out, that's them gone forever. But that's $20 Australian delivered anywhere on planet Earth. So uh, no matter where you listen to this podcast from, uh, you, you order one of these Founders Coins, it will get posted to you. Cannot uh, guarantee how long it'll take in some of the more remote areas because COVID and Australia Post and everything else like that, it's, you know, it's, it's a thing. Mm. It's a thing. The world is a, a weird place these days. But we will post it to you and it will get to you guaranteed. And if it doesn't, we'll have some strong words with those posts and then send you another one. We'll just keep sending them till we run out or it gets in your hands, one of the two. Uh, but we've also obviously got the, the 8-bit uh, family portrait running at the moment. 
Star Wars theme this year for 2021. $50 Australian gets you your own uh, personalized avatar as well as the overall 8-bit family portrait group shot, but the group shot will come later once it is all complete by the end of the year. But your avatar will be back to you within about 30 or so days, give or take, depending on uh, workload. Artists, you know, they can be tough to deal with. They uh, work on a different calendar than most of us, but uh, he's been pretty damn good. He's been pretty damn good. And we're going to share some of the first wave of videos, This uh, not videos, images this coming week, as far as uh, what he's been up to so far as um, immortalizing us within the Star Wars universe as a whole. Uh, outside of that, our April giveaway is currently live as well. So uh, all you need to do to enter that one is just uh, give a rating and review of any of the 8-Bit Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts if you can. Just send us a screenshot of that review. Uh, emails hello8bit.net or hit us up on them social DMs at WeAre8Bit and you can win yourself an ADG1 Audio-Technica gaming headset, an 8-Bit T of your choosing, an 8-Bit Founders coin and some extra swagger as well. So it should only take you, take you a minute or so to write that review, maybe longer. Feel free to write it as long as you like. Um, you know, chuck some feedback in there, whatever it is, and just screenshot, send it through to us, and you're automatically in the draw. Win will be announced at the start of May, and then we're going to do another one for May as well. So easy, easy way to win yourself some free swagger there. But uh, sort of got one other little bit before we get into the news here, Miss Hart, and uh, we'll go over here. You've got mail. Maybe mail's not the right choice, but uh, this is just uh, a bit of a response from our question of the week last week where we uh, were talking about the Xbox mini fridges. And so the tweet we fired out last week was, would you buy an Xbox mini fridge? And if so, what is your max price point for purchase? And the four options were, hell yeah, no matter the cash or no matter the dollar value. Uh, yeah, but only if under 500. And that's where I said I would be. Uh, and then there's also, yeah, but only if under 250. And then the last option was, hell no, you crazy? Question mark, exclamation point. So uh, the winner... Or I guess I don't know if you'd say the winner, but the uh, the, the 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 answer here that uh, took it out as far as this poll was thirty over thirty seven percent of the vote went yeah, but only if under five hundred dollars. So there's some people that are hungry for an Xbox mini fridge. Twelve and a half percent of the vote was hell yeah, no matter the cash. So there's some people that are in on this fridge regardless. And twenty five percent of the vote uh, hell no, you crazy. So uh, very divisive. Very divisive uh, question this week, Ms. Art. I'm genuinely surprised by how many people were like, 500's my max, 500's my max on this mini fridge. You'd have to be a big Xbox fan or like a collector, I guess. But I just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't have the need and I just don't see the necessity. So yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I, I want one. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> Yeah. But but I've, I've I've recorded it for for permanent history though that I said that I'd do it under five. Oh, actually, I lied after I said. Under no, you 500. lied. You said no matter it will change, no matter what the price yeah. is, you probably will cave. Yeah, that was on yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see if these things get out in the wild and and what the price point is. And uh, yeah, if I can be a proud owner of an Xbox mini fridge to hold my two cans of Coke and French onion dip. I'm all for it because uh, it's all I need. Then I'll just have my Doritos right beside. I'm good to go. Well, looks like you're going to be fighting a few other people. Yeah. Let's go. Or we could timeshare one. Maybe we can buy one and, and sort of uh, split the costs. Shit, send it around the country. 
Oh boy. Months wouldn't wouldn't be like a Simpsons situation where it's every other day. It'd be like a month or a quarter type of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, logistically, oh, we'd we'd do our ass on freight. Yeah, you'd yeah. spend just as much, if not more. <laughs> All right. So that uh, that brings us over to this. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news uh, was titled "Always Late but Worth the Wait." And I think that uh, rings very true with this this uh, bit of news. So Arcane Studios have announced a delay to Deathloop, pushing the game from its planned May 21st debut back to September 14th. In a joint statement on Twitter, Deathloop game director Dinga Bakaba and art director Sebastian Mitton apologized for the delay and explained the reasoning behind it. We're committed to quality and preserving our team's ambitions for Deathloop while ensuring the health and safety of everyone at Arcane, they said. We'll be using this extra time to accomplish our goal, create a fun, stylish, and mind-bending player experience, end quote. Deathloop had originally been slated for release in 2020, but was delayed last August, with Arcane attributing the slide to difficulty adjusting to working from home in the pandemic. As the COVID-19 pandemic enters its second year, 2021 has seen a spate of high-profile game delays. In addition to Deathloop, this year alone has already seen delays for Riders Republic, New World, Gran Turismo 7, The Analog Pocket, The Next Need for Speed, The Prince of Persia Remake, Kerbal Space Program 2, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, Outriders, and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment's entire announced 2021 slate, which includes Hogwarts Legacy, Gotham Knights, Back for Blood, and Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. So COVID strikes again, Miss Hart, to a game that uh, you and I were both very, very excited for. It's definitely been one of the major ones that's been sitting on our radar for quite some time since it's been announced anyway. The the only like sad thing was was that I remember when it first got when it got pushed back because it was like definitely one of those titles that was going to be like the new gen console kind of like release that you know we were going to play on the new gen console so it was like oh sorry guys we're not gonna make it we're gonna have to like push it to the next year and now we're here and now it's not like like we've seen a few delays where some people have kind of said like. It's, it's either, hey, it's going to be, like, a few weeks away, sorry, or other people are just like, nah, it's another year. It's another year. This one, it's like... It's like four it's, months? Yeah, it's a few months. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, off-putting in the sense where it's just like, we were so close, we were so close, and now it's like, whew, it's now... Yeah. It's now further down the line. Like, I'm not going to, you know discredit anyone for taking the extra time needed especially for the health and safety of workers and everything like more power to them i guess it's just more like just a little tiny bit of sad sadness and disappointment because i'm really keen to play this game and we were really um hit with a lot of like trailers and more information and backstory recently um so i i kind of like really thought we were there i guess that's why i'm kind of like a bit let down because I really felt like with the information and all the trailers and all the gameplay stuff that we were being pushed very recently for this year, I just, I'm like, yeah, cool. I mm. didn't even expect that it was going to be delayed. So I think that's just where I'm sitting with this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm not here folded arms being upset saying boo you arcane uh, for this. Mm. Like health and safety in this day and age is paramount so yeah you do what you can to to keep yourself and your staff and the people around you as safe physically and mentally as possible and the fact that they're still adjusting 
amidst this pandemic and changing of their work workflow cycle and stuff. I get it. And four months sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Like I know this year it's it's been very light on for big big triple a releases and it's gonna continue to be that way like i mentioned resident evil village dropping next next month outside of that there like hasn't been a huge amount of big tentpole games for the first half of 2021 I gotta say, Resident Evil's genuinely surprised me with the fact that we haven't really gotten much major pushback on that one. Like, based on what we've seen, this is an incredibly big, heavily detailed game. Like, it looks incredible. It looks oh, yeah. stunning. And the fact that we haven't maybe received as much pushback on delays and um, experiencing, like, much difficulty in getting this game out. I'm going to knock on wood on that one because I don't, definitely don't want to screw that for people, <laughs> um, especially with it creeping up now. But, yeah, I'm like just it's just interesting to see in contrast, I guess. Yeah, it's it's very, very contrasting uh, sort of studio discussions. Yeah, where, where Village was only announced last... Oh, so was Deathloop, really. Like, um, yeah, Village was only announced last year and they're, they're moving forward and it's it's rocking and rolling and coming out in you know four-ish weeks' time and they've got another showcase event planned for this week coming up. And yeah, Capcom have managed to stay ahead of that, but obviously talked earlier about the, the RE vs. multiplayer pack-in, which is just a dog's breakfast. So... Oh, you know, sacrifices maybe. <laughs> yeah, which is fair. Like, you know, look at what they have done with The Last of Us Part 2. Like, the multiplayer on that is still not happening or not out or, you know, there's a whole hullabaloo that we're going to dance around <laughs> later on The Last of Us. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 disappointing. And um, I guess Sony would be a little bit disappointed on this because obviously this is a timed exclusive for Sony and the fact that it's slipping further and further through this calendar calendar year when it was initially announced for the back end of last year, uh, you know, they've got Ratchet and Clank coming up now. That's sort of their one of their feathers in the cap for this year and potentially Horizon this year. I think God of War, with the lack of news on that it's it's moved to 2022 and beyond so uh yeah definitely just one of those years this is the year of like what you're doing with doom it's the year of going back and playing games that you've maybe missed in your in your collection it's a good incentive i really need it with my steam list holy cow massive. <laughs> i need to really really get back in there yeah those are those are sexually suggestive games are getting very disappointed by their lack of play <laughs> My Steam is tainted. It's absolutely tainted. <laughs> I can't even look at the new releases now without it just being tense. <laughs> so it could bad. be worse, you know? They know it's what you like. I think it is worse. I think my Steam page is one of the worst. One day I'll take a screenshot of you some of the to. stuff I get recommended. Yeah. And I like, I'm disappointed in Steam. I'm disappointed in myself. It's a whole rigmarole. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So the next uh, headline, it's a little bit sort of uh, rumor milly, but uh, the headline is Hideo Kojima could be going to the dark side. Dot, dot, dot. And dark side is, it's. I think that's interpretive depending on who you're talking to because obviously Hideo and Kojima Productions, they've had a long-standing relationship with Sony. So the, the dark mm. side is, is alluding to is going to be uh, discussed here. According to a report from VentureBeat, uh, Venture 
The Death Stranding, a Metal Gear Solid developer, is in quotes, in talks with Microsoft about publishing his next game, according to a source familiar with the matter. The report also suggests that the potential deal has been in the works for several weeks already, stating that Xbox chief Phil Spencer deliberately featured a statue of the Kojima Productions company mascot in the background of a recent stream as a hint towards the partnership. It's not known whether the deal has been signed yet, but VentureBeat also suggests that Kojima is the focus of a Microsoft plan to leverage Japanese talent. Spencer has previously denied reports that Xbox is turning its attention to the region in which it has historically underperformed in comparison to PlayStation. When the PS5 and Xbox Series X launched in November of 2020, Sony's new console outsold Microsoft's effort by nearly 5 to 1. Yeesh. Whether or not Xbox is focusing on Japanese developers, there's little denying that the potential exclusivity offered by a publishing deal with Kojima would be a significant coup for a console family that has struggled with big name exclusive in recent years and a recent and, a, and as a potent addition to the recent Bethesda acquisition. With no official announcement from either Microsoft or Kojima Productions, it worth, it's worth remembering that even if these talks did happen, there's no guarantee that an agreement will be made. It's also important to note that Death Stranding, Kojima's first game with his new studio, was a PlayStation launch exclusive. That said, the studio confirmed it has it was working on a new game back in October last year, with some suggestions pointing to an announcement that's not very far away. Mm. So damn, this this would be a big get. A big get. Like I know yeah, I, I know we, we we poke fun at Hideo and, and Death Stranding and just his you know, the way he makes games and the content that are in his games, like he's he's a very, he's a visionary. He, he certainly walks to the beat of his own drum. He's a very unique character, but mm-hmm. he's got so much clout behind him that we've, we've made fun that he could make a game where it's just someone standing there reading a newspaper for 25 hours and you know he occasionally scratches himself or yawns and you know it would be like this artistic visionary masterpiece you know because Kojima's attached to it so there's certainly some flex there that Microsoft could could just inherit from having Kojima at least for one game as their their own like IP you know Sony you're out it's just Xbox only or Microsoft only like that that could be huge do you reckon it could be massive. Like I, I've already seen like a lot of disgruntled PlayStation fans talking about like, oh, it's definitely not true. He, there's no way he would abandon PlayStation. Um, if he does this, then I'm never gonna play a blah 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 game. You know how they get. You know People how people are ridiculous, Miss Hart. Yeah, it's a bit funny. Um, it'd be interesting to see if maybe he goes down a route where he will have selective titles on certain consoles because I could see it being like not having, not having like a dedication to a specific console for an entire franchise or for the entire creation of the company. Like every title that's created, I could see it being more like Death Stranding is a PlayStation exclusive. This new game is going to be an Xbox exclusive. So I feel like Kojima has that pull power where he can pretty much decide his deals. Yeah. Um, so to say that he's signed up for Xbox, like to Xbox for life, I'd say not. Um, I would say that like he definitely had a discussion. I want to know where Microsoft has, where their money comes from. Um, yeah, it's we, a lot of a lot of surfaces getting sold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, 
these like whether this is true or not or whatever's happening in between if the the whole thing is that they're trying to suggest that microsoft has bought up the actual company god can you can you imagine if they bought kojima productions but it's like like it's, it's always interesting i feel like phil spencer's sort of walking around a lot of these junkets these days and like doing this what are you selling <laughs> you know and he's like <laughs> i'm taking the studios you know like <laughs> what are you buying? he's got the trench coat it's like which check do you want you want 10 billion you want 1 billion you want 500 million what what's your valuation out here and I, but I feel like with Kojima and like this is only my very bare bones knowledge on kind of like what happened with him and Metal Gear and then him leaving having to create his own company and the falling out um, based on very like loose information that I kind of took in in regards to it was that he was just a big money spender. Like yeah, when he it came was, to he developing was budgets, games, yeah. he he blew budgets. So I feel like a company taking him on really has to look at that and see like this is an investment, not only for the name and everything that comes with it, but also for what he's been known for. So yeah, I just I can't help but picture like him working in the studio, and I think back to to that Simpsons episode where Barney like gets like his Yoko Ono equivalent, you know, she, she and they're, they're recording that track and it's like number, number eight, eight and it's burp. And then, yeah. you know, it's, I feel that it would just be this crazy, crazy situation where, yeah, like money means nothing to this guy. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm feeling inspired today, but I could really take my thought processes to the next level. If I got to study an elephant in real time, and then he'd call someone, fly an elephant I mean- over to my house, you know, <laughs> like, to be fair, like, I know that a lot of people uh, make that connection in regards to him having that side where he clearly wanted to be a director. Like, he definitely wanted to make movies and tell stories. But I believe some of the budgeting issues also came from him trying to be actually innovative in technology as well. Yeah. In um, yeah. gameplay and that. So he was definitely testing a lot of things, a lot of trial and error, and then being completely dedicated to the cause of like, no, we need to get this right no matter how much it costs. So um, I, that I that I appreciate and respect. Anyone that is trying to like set the bar like higher in um, the player and user experience and also accessibility too. So um, anyone that's trying to better that definitely deserves like a bit of bit of cash and a bit of a a bit of a nod but yeah he is a bit eccentric when it comes to trying to convey a story yeah he's like the willy wonka of the video game world and i love it like oh god that was a visual that was a visual (laughs) that was a visual kojima in a purple suit yeah he's he's such a unique unique person and he's and he's a visionary and yeah like i I think you you sort of like summarize it really well early in the piece there where it was like there's a lot of risk with with getting in in bed with kojima and kojima productions because yeah you might give them this bucket of money but by the end of it he might have needed five buckets of money to to get to where this journey is ending but the payoff could be there because people just flock to his content and the games like death stranding i thought it was all right like i it's not this life-altering experience that some people have had uh, that I didn't have. Like, it's it's good for what it is. And it's cool that he's starting to bleed Hollywood actors and mainstream media 
into this melting plot pot that is Kojima Productions. So maybe this next game could be more of that. And, and I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think he, he'll start making films eventually. Uh, like Death Stranding, in a way, is... And like even you go back to some of the old Metal Gear games, like the cutscenes, like there's more cutscenes than gameplay in some of these games he's making. So he's already kind of doing mm. it and just cutting them together in this mixed medium. But I still think, yeah, like if Xbox, if Xbox could snag the next Kojima Productions game as an exclusive, like that's a big old get. Like, yeah, that's that's a big flex. Like there's there's a lot of flexing and uh, a lot, a lot of sort of posturing going around the the industry at the moment, and um, yeah, it would be nothing but a positive move for for Microsoft to uh, to snag Kojima at least for one game. Yeah, and just in regards to the whole like Microsoft buying this, buying that, Game Pass this, Game Pass that, day one. Um, I've seen a change. I've seen a lot of people kind of saying, you know what. I might have to buy an Xbox and that's all they need. I think that's what they want, right? That's mm-hmm. all they, they're just trying to grab those few extra people who maybe were sitting on the fence and with PlayStation still being scarce, I think like, yeah, I they're still hard people, to come by. Yeah. So if Microsoft is out there and they've still got the units and they're saying, Hey, we, we, <laughs> we are becoming quite the, uh, quite the team to be people might just go, well, effort. I, screw the playstation i'll just get an xbox now yeah it's uh it's an interesting interesting time that's for sure Mm -hmm. and uh the next article certainly certainly throws some more uh interesting discussion our way so um this one's going to be a little bit different uh listeners because this is still very much an ongoing and an evolving piece so uh Mm -hmm. jason schreier is at it again uh he's dropped an article uh this past well, these past several hours, he dropped it overnight. Yeah. I was just going to sleep when this thing, uh, when this thing hit. So, um, and I woke up to it. <laughs> yeah. So, so over on Bloomberg, uh, I'd, I'd recommend anyone just jump on Google or, or jump on Twitter and just search, you know, Jason Schreier Bloomberg or Jason Schreier uh, Sony, and um, go read the article. We we thought about going through it, sort of granular, but it is big and it's dense, and there's a lot of information there. So we're sort of just going to sort of freeform discussion a little bit, throw our thoughts around and unpack what we can in a way that hopefully is the best for the podcast and for, for your listeners. So so in essence, um, it's, it's an article that traces back a couple of years ago uh, focusing on the visual arts service group. So what they are in essence is a studio that was created out of San Diego and they were sort of like the cleanup crew for Sony, like um, you know, Sony Studios be making games, Naughty Dog and Co. And these guys would come in sort of in the last act of the development cycle and give it the final polish or do some yeah. some increases to the animation. So they were like the unheralded, unheralded uh, closers for games. Like they were just coming in, doing their thing, making these games sing and then moving on. And... They they pitched to Sony that they wanted to sort of almost do a reboot of The Last of Us, the the original. Obviously, we've got Last of Us remastered already existing, uh, and they they got to work on this um, this Last of Us uh, one reboot that they also wanted to add more info to make it almost like there'd be prequel in like prequel content in the game and everything else. And they were bubbling along, but Sony 
were very non-committal about it the entire time and then shifted this across to Naughty Dog and uh, you know took the responsibility away from Visual Arts Service Group where they were almost becoming their own studio and making this independent game and said, no, nope, you're the cleaners again. Back in your box. <laughs> and, you know, it made, it made the various people uh, within, uh, let's just say VASG, uh, very upset. A lot of the the sort of studio heads have since left and moved on, and and this this group now is is a skeleton crew of people from what it used to be. I think it was a team of about thirty, and I think there's maybe half a dozen left or so now, because there was fear that they were going to just get um, you know, gobbled up and, and chewed up, spat out, and and not really be able to flex any creative muscle. Hmm. So outside of that, uh, the article then also goes into into uh, talking about uh, Sony Ben Studio, which is another um, Sony-owned studio. They obviously did Days Gone, which you know had some good commercial success, and they pitched a sequel, which was unsuccessful. They said, yep, sorry, it's not happening. The game was profitable, but the development was pretty lengthy. Critical reception was, uh, was mixed, so Days Gone 2 was not seen as a viable option. So sorry, Ben, um, it's not happening. And so what they've done with Sony Bend is taken them from like a first party studio making great games to now riding shotgun with Naughty Dog making a multiplayer game, uh, which has also then upset various studio heads in Bend's, uh, in Bend with some of the developers and the heads leaving there as well. So a great studio like, um, you know, Sony Bend, they did Siphon Filter, which is still one of my favorite third person action-y games from any era. And I still can't understand why they haven't made a new one for this day and age. But um, yeah, Bend aren't happy. A lot of studios aren't happy because it feels like Sony are very much playing favorites with like Naughty Dog and say Sony Santa Monica. They're, they're their two, they're their two crown jewels, don't get me wrong. But all these other studios they've got, they're very much getting forced, like it's square peg round holy sort of stuff it feels like where they're like, hey, yeah we want to make these games. We've got all these ideas and whatever. And Sony like, no, nah, you, you go, you go help over there. You're, you're the, you're the backup here. You're supporting these guys do what they say. And even Bend were, were worried that um, they were going to get acquired and almost become like Naughty Dog North, I think was the, the working title where they were going to get just gobbled up and become just another arm of, of Naughty Dog. So yeah, Sony uh, like Bloomberg, the article on on Bloomberg by Jason Schreier, it's sort of all these developments, it's like Sony's just obsessed with blockbusters, which is sort of stirring a lot of unrest yeah. within the PlayStation studios. A lot of people are jumping ship. A lot of people are second guessing. A lot of people are like, Fuck, we need to maybe get out of here because our creative influence is getting stomped and we're just clipping a ticket here and being forced to follow the piper, you know? So yes. it's... Yeah. It's sketchy and it's worrisome and yeah, a lot of people in, in broader games media uh, not singing a positive tune at the moment, Miss Hart. What do you think? Like no. hopefully that summarized everything I think, yeah, in a roundabout kind of way. Pretty good summer, right? Like it's like you mentioned, the article is definitely more in depth. There's a lot more to it. So um, obviously go read it, uh, make your opinions based on what you read and how you interpret it. Um, the main thing for me, and as everyone knows, I didn't really enjoy The Last of Us. So I haven't really, you know, played the recent one. I haven't really gone through Last of Us since that first initial gameplay. But what genuinely surprised me was everyone's reaction to saying we don't need a remake. Yeah, we don't. We don't need it. 
I'm so with you. Stop. I'm with like the remaster <laughs> was great, and and it still holds up. Like you could plug that remaster in today and play it and enjoy it. But the fact that they're throwing so much time and money and resources into remaking The Last of Us again, like it's a very weird decision and very it feels is. very unsony almost to me that they're doing that. But well, hey, yeah, like I. I can see why, like, I don't know, like, for for me, I can see, like, bringing it to a graphically um, accurate for the generation of the console and just, like, completely just bringing it up to that level. But then at the same sense, like, uh, like I said, I haven't played it since the initial playthrough. A lot of people have said, like you, that the remastered was fine. Like, yeah. it, it, it was perfectly fine. There was nothing wrong with it. And then a lot of people don't want this time that's going to be invested into doing this, um, like this remaster. This like, like why why waste the time making this when you guys could be doing something else? Uh, also, attaching Naughty Dog to it again, and not like Naughty Dog has already got something else that they're working on, right? Yeah, like they they mentioned in the article that. Um they're working on a multiplayer game, which we saw, I think we alluded to a little bit early. Like that could be the the Last of Us multiplayer. Maybe that's True. it's going to be the standalone pocket of that. But yeah, I just just weird to me, Miss Hart. What's going on here with Sony at the moment? Yeah, a little peculiar to then um, direct a game to a company. Sorry, they got a lot of flack for Crunch um, mm-hmm. and pushing their team to their limits and doing a lot of little dodgy kind of things as reported obviously so it's a little sketchy on that you know unloading work onto a group that is has been reported for doing that sort of thing and then also days gone too just kind of getting like that nope sorry Days Gone was one of those interesting titles where it definitely seemed like it was um, going to be one of the major pillars for Sony. They looked like that they were really pushing that one hard. Me personally, I didn't play it. I had no interest in playing it. And from what I remember seeing on social media, it felt like it got a pretty dull reaction from a lot of people. Like um, Jono said that he enjoyed it. He said he actually really liked playing it. And he said that he hoped that although like it probably wasn't at a higher tier, there was anticipation of the second game coming out and then being even better. Like it, yeah. it's definitely set up um, the opportunity for a second, t- a second title coming out and being even better. So um yeah, I'd be pretty dis- disappointed too, if um, especially because it seems like it was being eluded. Like it seemed like it almost was expected, and then to be kind of like just shelled. It's it's very surprising, yeah, because like that game, the the ingredients that game laid out were there to you know for for a sequel to make something really great out of. You know, you can make a really tasty cake out of what they what they sort of laid in the foundation with the first one. I enjoyed it, like. It wasn't one of the best games I played in, what was it? Was it 2019? That sounds about right. That feels about about right, right, yeah. Yeah, like whatever it was, the last couple of years. Sorry, sorry, Bend, on that. But um, I thought thought it was fun. The the characters were, were cool and they sort of took some time to sort of flesh out the characters and the narrative and the world and, uh, you know, the the whole biker gang bounty hunter in a, zombie filled world was you know it's a bit funny 
but like had some weight and there was some good drama and some good big narrative arcs and some big moments and it was cool. Mm. But the fact that they just, yeah, sort of said to Ben, nah, we're, we're done listening to your pitch. This game sold well, but it just doesn't hit all the notes we're looking for. Get back in the queue, you know. Sure. We'll, we'll call you. We'll call you when we've got something we want out of you, you know. For now, go 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 run tech support over there with this other studio. Like, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough because yeah. Bend is is a yeah. It's a it's a very long time studio with a lot of a lot of great people working there, and and the fact that they just got yeah put to the back of the line, and instead they're focusing on this Last of Us remake. It's just very weird. Yeah. It's very tone deaf to me. Yeah, and as we've previously mentioned, just with the story with Microsoft and Microsoft doing these big moves and these big acquisitions, I'm assuming this is going to make a lot of um, like Sony fans very nervous, especially when you're seeing the company that you dedicate a lot of time to. Um, in contrast to you know competitor, I say that very lightly. Um, making these big moves, and then you're seeing your studio sitting there going like, "We could make new games." Or we could just remaster what we've done because I, I I think that the general consensus that a lot of people are feeling is the reason why they're focusing on the remastered is it's just money. They think it's like instant money bags. Yeah. Like it's just instant money. Like they know they knew that the game did well. Everyone loves the game. Let's just zhuzh it up and bring it out again for more money. And I think that's the big concern. It makes sense too, like sort of thinking, excuse me, bigger picture, the Last of Us TV show is is going into development now. So if they can release yeah. this nice shiny game or maybe do a, a double pack where you get Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2 for X price, which is available day mm. one with episode one of this on HBO, like it feels like that's probably the, the broader play here because I think they did similar. They did the, the Ratchet remake alongside the movie release of that. So maybe this is just a trend that Sony's starting to do. Hell, maybe we might get an Uncharted uh, remake that's happening in the back end when the movie drops next year too. Like whenever it wants to drop. Yeah, like maybe maybe that's sort of the focus here that we're we're sort of missing a little bit is that it's it feels unnecessary when you contrast it to The Witcher, right? Where everyone liked Witcher, everyone thought Witcher Three was fantastic, everyone enjoyed playing the game and the um, additional story DLC Blood. What was it called? Um, Oh, Blood and Wine. Blood, yeah. And then we knew that we were going to get this TV series. And I don't recall them doing anything in regards to trying to push the game out for, you know, for the release of the TV series. And they still, I don't think they still have. I don't think there's been no no remake or add in or (laughs) like. Trying to fix a game. Yeah, Henry Uh. Cavill's skin that you could use. It was just the game's out. It sold well. It reviewed great. It's yeah. just Gwent time. That's all they've been sort of throwing money at is Gwent and obviously Cyberpunk. Well, yeah, like that's probably, that, maybe they did want to do something and they were just a little too busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just in saying that, it's not necessary. Like I'm, I'm sure a lot of people watched the TV series and was happy to load the game as it was. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. Very strange what's going on here. Uh, but I think... I think there is certainly some some parallel movements here. They're doing this on the back of the TV show coming out. And if they can have this game come out 
and it appeals to this HBO audience that might not have played the game, but watches this show and loves it, they'll want to play the best version of the game, even though the remaster is great and you could play that and still love it. And it's still aesthetically great. And the narrative is still one of the best in gaming history, but yeah, just Sony, Sony trying to make more money going back to that. Well, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of water left in that. Well, so I guess why wouldn't you, you know, cause people will probably <laughs> buy it like, you know, I wouldn't buy it at launch, but if I could get it for for a steal and and like in a cup like two years down the line and want to play through number one again, if I can play mm. it with PS5 fidelity attached to it, then yeah, cool. But it's just unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's a difficult time, especially like when you like even you said like one of their key titles like um, God of War is definitely going to be pushed back. Like yep. they're, maybe they're just sitting there trying to fill some gaps i don't know yeah <clears throat> but yeah go 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 head over to to bloomberg and read jason Trier's uh, article because it's very in-depth and it covers a lot of ground and some of the quotes that he's got in there and just some of the the facts and history about what's going on there it's, it's very interesting to read and it feels like there's a bit of discourse going on over at sony uh we hope it all gets sorted out and people people can keep making the games i want to make but Sounds like there's a bit of a bit of a shift in the back end as far as Sony's focus and and uh, putting putting the stop to some flexibility and pitch ideas in there, which sucks because yeah, I'd, I'd play the heck out of a Days Gone too. But anyway, you know, it's not my money, it's not my company, so we we just comment on it. So you know, you're not Mr. PlayStation. I am not, but I got my PlayStation back finally. It's back. Oh, yeah. And we saw your uh, pictures online. Heck and yeah. So yeah, shout out to Tag Mods or shout out to Ethan at Tag Mods, I should say. Uh, returned to my PlayStation 5 in all its glory. It's uh, very Horizon Zero Dawn inspired. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, you know, rose colored glasses off because this is my house. This is my lounge room. It blends in and works so well with my aesthetic in my in my lounge room like the Mm -hmm. the wood and the taxidermy and the plants and all that it just looks like it should be there and it's so great it looks so much better than just the big obtrusive white and black playstation that was there beforehand i'm so happy with how it turned out and uh yeah she's a beaut haven't turned it on but it looks great on my shelf Oh, you know, as we talked about with Sony titles at the stage, it probably might be turning on for quite a bit. Yes, yes. But uh, I'm going to turn this soundbite button on, though. Tweet of the week. And this one comes via at Jed Shepard. Uh, and this tweet was fired out into the internet on April the 8th. And uh, it reads, Excited to announce that I'm making a real-time, in caps, live-action, in caps, horror video game with creature design by... Slimy Swamp Ghost and made by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Uh, it's going to be released by Limited Run Games and starring Haley, Gemma, Emma, Radina, and Caroline. They can tell you all about it. And then on the back end of that, there's like a minute and a half video talking yeah. about this this game that they're making called Ghosts. It is currently up on Kickstarter to be funded. They've got a they've got a goal of two hundred ninety six thousand US dollars. Uh, they're currently at 95,000 uh, with 883 backers at time of recording here but uh it's it's unique it's very interesting like um so like we're still trying to wrap our heads around this miss yeah, hart yeah cuz it's a, it's it's a little bit gimmicky because <laughs> they've essentially got a time limit on when you can play essentially like you can only play at 10 
was it? Yep, 10, 10 p.m. Like, and 10 that's irrespective of time zones. So 10 p.m. your time. So it's going to be based yeah. off your your PC. I'm assuming it'll be on PC. I don't know what other platforms this game could end up on, but it's going to be based off your PC's time clock of 10 p.m. Uh, you can only fire up Ghosts at 10 p.m. to play. But what that means in essence, we don't know. Is it episodic? Yeah. Uh, after like after 11 p.m., can you no longer play, or can you yeah. play? <laughs> what hours does it clock off on? Like it's this is obviously early stages, but it definitely piqued my interest. I'm like, this seems cool. Like I always love it when people take the horror gaming franchise and add a new spin on it because we all know that sometimes horror games can get a bit stagnant and lose their scare factor. So yeah, and like we don't see many like FMV games anymore. You know, so it's it's cool. Slowly, it's cool. Slowly, it's got slowly. a got like a bit of a nostalgia feel to it for me, where it feels like we're going back to remember, like we've talked about it on the pod a few times, like Nightmare and chucking the tapes on and playing board games, and it plays stuff like that. It's and it's, like Night Trap, like this yeah. is this was like a bit of the um a bit of the angle, and I am pretty certain in that trailer they actually take a dig at Corey Haim. I believe he was in Double Switch which was another FMV um, game, a favorite of mine, mind you. Um, but yeah, um, I, I love it. I love these. Um, I've always loved like FMV video games. I think they always, especially in the horror uh, segment, I think they just add another extra element, um, if done right, of fear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they're done right. If, you, if it looks cheap, then it could, you know, ruin the whole thing. Yeah, I'm having a look at... Um... I'm having a look at their tiers. Maybe let's kickstart this sucker, Miss Hart. You want oh, to actually, kick it's, here we go. Sorry, I should have just read the read the tiers. So, um, it's it looks like it's coming out on at least Nintendo Switch and PlayStation of all platforms. So, they're the two platforms that are listed in their pledge tiers at the moment, mm-hmm. and um, you can get a physical copy of the game. It's slated to come out February next year. So they're turning this around fairly quick. And I guess when you are making an FMV based game, it would take a lot less time to create because you're not doing animation, stuff like that. Obviously they'll put some special effects in, in post, but yeah, it's, it's interesting and probably should have let off. So Jed Shepard, he uh, wrote and directed host, which is a little, little film that came out last year uh, on, on shutter. And it's a, it's a film that was sort of shot entirely over a zoom call where like a group of friends, get together on a zoom call and get like a a psychic in and they do like a they try and connect with spirits and then it escalates from there uh forbes forbes um no dread central called it the scariest movie of the last decade i deny that one million percent it is a good movie (laughs) there's some good jumps in it but there is much scarier shit out there but it's a good watch it's i think it went for about 70 minutes so it's it's a tight runtime, but didn't it's watch it. it's worth a watch. It's it Full starts disclosure. a bit ho hum, but it really builds, really builds, and it was unique. Yeah, I didn't actually get to watch that movie. I'm actually really bad at catching up on genuine like horror movies and stuff like that. Um, just talking about like um, successful FMV horror games, I've mm-hmm. I've been meaning to mention it. I've there's one that's called um, At Dead of Night. And it's actually done its circuit in the horror game YouTube kind of uh, groups that they've done it. And there's like a lot of playthroughs. And I feel like that one does it right. A lot of jump scares. Um, doesn't look too cheap. 
acting is rel- done relatively well. So if it's something that, you know, if you enjoy FMVs, you enjoy horror games, you like a good jump scare, the game is called At Dead of Night. At Dead so, of Night. Yeah, give that one a look. Okay, I'll give it a look. I love a good scary game. Uh, sadly, their highest tier called The Criminal. It's probably a bit, a bit out of our price range. Um, 8,000 pounds, 8, so 14,000 Australian. criminal. <laughs> but uh, we could get our voice featured in the game if we did that. But, uh, I don't think anyone wants that. Yeah, but we could um, we could buy in at, say, the brain tier and we can get a physical copy of the game, get our name in the game credits, exclusive T-shirt. That's fair. 100 bucks. <laughs> you want to split a T-shirt? We can split a T. We can split a T. Yeah, maybe we'll do something like that, but we'll we'll check that out. But yeah, check out Ghosts on Kickstarter or just uh, follow at Jed Shepherd on Twitter and you can see what they're up to there. But it's it's cool. that I, I like seeing people do things differently in the creative arts space. And uh, mm-hmm. an FMV-based video game where you can only play from 10 p.m., I'm uh, I'm very intrigued by that. But, you know, with on the Nintendo Switch or the PlayStation, you just you just adjust your clock. If you don't want to wait and play it over night time, just uh, get into the into the time and date settings and uh, change that. If you're playing during the day, you want to have the light. Maybe that's the thing because it's the dark, it's evening, it's more ominous. So maybe it's going to be a mood-based thing like that where they want you playing of an evening. Yeah. I'm curious to see where it links. Obviously, there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll find more. Check it out. Uh, yeah. Ghosts on Kickstarter or at Jed Shepherd for more information. All right, Miss Hart. Last part of the potty. New releases and events. All right. So we're talking what's happening between Monday the 12th, which you would be now listening to episode 236 of The Hungry Gamers, right through to Sunday the 18th of April. Uh, Tuesday the 13th, we'll see the latest episode of Is This Thing On dropping exclusively over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. Wednesday the 14th sees Comedy Rewind making its way into your ears again, this time with Napoleon Dynamite as the uh, the featured film for Comedy oh. Rewind-based discussion. You know, I wonder who's eating their damn ham while listening to that one. I love ham, by the way. Honey ham, Don's honey ham, chef's kiss. All right, Thursday the 15th, Ash Walkers makes its way to PC, which is an interesting looking little horror game that I might uh, pick up and, and see how that goes. Oh. Friday the 16th slash Thursday the 15th for non-Australian based or non-AU based time zoners. Uh, that is when the next Resident Evil showcase airs. So at 8 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, it will be dropping uh, exclusively uh, ran and promoted through IGN. So you can watch it through the IGN website, through their Twitch, YouTube, all their platforms. So uh, you want to watch this uh, Resident Evil showcase, you need to watch it through one of the IGN hubs uh, for Thursday evening or Friday morning Australian. I'm loving that it's 8 a.m. Australian. That's that's a time I can get behind. Like these 5 a.m. or 3 a.m. starts, psh, get out of here. But 8 o'clock, I'm, I'm down with this. This is perfect for Pretty me. respectable, yeah. I'm, I'll be technically on the work clock close to that time too but uh you know it's what? a youtube window multitask baby <laughs> and then uh obviously friday evening we'll see the uh fifth episode of the falcon and the winter soldier dropping as well as the sixth episode of invincible dropping on disney plus and amazon slash prime uh but yeah nothing really happened next weekend anything you want to highlight miss hart mortal kombat was meant to be coming out this week too but That's it's been kicked I another was- week that's what I was going to say. I'm pretty certain Mortal Kombat was on my radar. Um, more stuff that's actually come out for that. We were listening to the official theme song attached. Oh, yeah. And we kind of vibed out to that. Um, I also want to give a mention that we're seeing a lot more of Cabal 
one of my favorite yeah, characters. He's a boy. In the game. He looks good. He actually looks good. I'm genuinely surprised because at the start they didn't really show anything of him. Like I think they showed the back of him maybe for like a split second, but we're getting more and more and more of him. Um, and he just, he looks actually really good. So I'm pretty excited. He does I'm look ready good for disappointment. <laughs> I'm ready to be let down. He does look good and I'm happy for that because I was going to ask you because I know he's he's your your favy and the fact that he's starting to get showcased and highlighted more and more mm-hmm. and you're happy about it makes me happy because I know you love this franchise and you love the OG film uh, but I'm, I'm keen to see how uh, this battle plays out with Lou and, and Cabal in the movie. I'm excited to watch this. It sucks that it's not out this week but a week I'm, delay, it's okay. I'm, I'm so mad because Boss Logic posted um, the big like picture for um the poster for imax and then i just like a little single tear rolled down my eye realizing that i won't get to experience this in imax so. yeah i'm i'm not going to watch it in imax i'm just going to watch it at event cinemas in like vmax Do it for me Do it for <laughs> pal I- imax is like it's like it's far away from well not well it's oh, 30, it's- minutes. 30 minutes 30 minutes <laughs> But when the other cinema's five minutes, oh, like, fine. yeah, like yeah. it's just down the road. So I'm going to get some VMAX, take my mama, my mum and I are going to oh, go okay. watch Mortal Kombat. That's like, yeah. that's like one of the movies that sort of we share a love for. Like we watched that together when I was a kiddo and the second Aww. she heard about it, she texts me and she's like, you better be watching this with me when it comes out. I'm like, of course, mum, we're going, mama we're going to check it out. Yeah. So uh, it looks all right. I'm keen. I'm excited for this movie. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna do not only the franchise good and pay a lot of respect and homage to these characters, but I think it's gonna be a fun movie to watch. Yeah, and I very just, violent. Even if it's cheesy, I just hope it has that. If it's if it's on that cheese bad factor, I just hope it's on the same level as the original movie where I can appreciate that. But yeah, yeah I like I said, I'm I'm ready to be disappointed. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, Miss Hart. But you'll be Please watching this it. from the comfort of your own home, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, dropping yep. day one as as the, the new world is with films. Yeah. I The dates are really weird whenever I try to look them up because it seems like there's like a separate date for USA, the yeah, US don't release. Know. Don't yeah. know. Don't know. I just know that this next weekend coming, I'm not watching Mortal Kombat. It's the week after now. But hey, could be worse. Could Could be worse. I can watch plenty of other things and do plenty of other things between now and then. But Miss Hart, that uh, brings us to the end of episode two, three, six of the Hungry Gamers. Did you want to say anything else before we maybe shut this sucker down for another week? Making spag bowl. Yes, yes. What kind of what kind of sketty you use for it? What do you mean? Like, do you use like just normal spaghetti, or do you use like fettuccine, or do you use like penne? you use some spaghetti yeah but you can mix it up you can't take the sp- no you can well no yes the spag spag spaghetti so you can't take the spaghetti pasta out of spag then you could just say make them bowl <laughs> eat too bowl. much and you will make bowl penny bowl <laughs> I, I love pasta I love Italian food I love pasta I love carbs and I love, I love tomato based like sauce based pasta stuff that's that's my that and like a, a, a pesto they're sort of my go-to oh, for, you know what? for pastas I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna 
hold this out a bit. Full disclaimer to everyone listening. After last week's episode, Brendan and I sat on the Pizza Hut menu of Australia yes. for the longest time. It's like half <laughs> Which an then hour. changed to Brendan ordering Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pizza where it had, what was it? Like ranch? It was uh, mutant Green. ranch sauce, yeah. yeah. Mutant ranch sauce. And it was really good. Genuinely surprised. Yeah, it was a pepperoni pizza with like a green mutant ranch sauce drizzle over the top. And it was the best because like it was about this time last week. Like I had I had Pizza Hut pizza in my hands just after 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And it was the best. But then it knocked me out. I ate this pizza and I fell asleep on the couch with the dogs. And I woke up two and a half hours later in such a pizza coma haze and i was just wrecked for the rest of the day the best kind but yeah like we went through pizzas i realized that pizza hut sold like pastas and everything it was a journey and And wings they do wings too you know how i feel about wings but there's lasagnas and as well pasta bakes and you said they're really good so they are good maybe i'm gonna order pizza hut again this today oh no let's go I was already thinking about taking a nap later, so now I can just expedite that process with some pizza in me. It'll knock me out straight away. Get that Pizza Hut endorsement. Yes. Yes. Alrighty. I don't even know what the Pizza Hut slogan is these days. I know. Oh, it's no, you can't Can't out Pizza the Hut, right? Out Hut the Hut. You You can't can't out Pizza the Hut? That's it. (laughs) You You can't can't Jabba the the Hut. hut. (laughs) Jabba can out Hut the Hut. All right, AP Nation. That's it from us for another week. Thanks for stopping on by. Rate, review, subscribe. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. And saucy. Pizza. <laughs> Mutant You've sauce. Been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8 Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I remember getting my heart broken too because you told me who my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle character was and his pizza was Meat Lovers. And that's I right. so sad. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But same with me. Like, Michelangelo, he was the Hawaiian boy. So, mm. yeah. That's why I should never sad. meet your heroes. <laughs> Meat. <laughs> God, pizza's the best. <laughs>